Turn in your Bibles to Daniel 9. Now, what I'm going to do this morning is I want to make sure that we got this. And it's, it's the key. If you understand Daniel 9, 24 through 27, if you understand the 70th week of Daniel or the 70 weeks of Daniel, if you grasp that, you will be able to put together the end times and you'll be able to understand why the church, why we are not going through the tribulation, why it's not a part of us. So let me start with a prayer and then we'll get into the study. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a great morning. Thank you for our church. Thank you for Sunday school. Thank you for each one that has come. Lord, we know it's a holiday weekend. A lot of people are traveling. We just pray for safety for them and that they'll have a great time and then they come back uh, and and get back to regular life and, and things. Thank you for times that we can uh, celebrate. And Lord, especially we think about our, our country and our nation, the privilege we have to worship you anytime, anyplace, anywhere. We thank you for that. We thank you for the men and women who have given their lives at, to, keep, to keep us free, to give us this freedom. We never want to take it for granted, Lord. Thank you um, for this morning, and we ask you, Lord, that as we look at the book of Daniel, as we look at chapter 9, you will teach us, help us to be able to put it together, Lord, so we can understand your word. May we be ready to give an answer to everyone for the hope that is within us. Uh, thank you for Jesus, for it's in his name we pray. Amen. Okay, let me do this. <clears throat> Daniel was a young man. The Babylonians came in, 605 B.C., and he carried him off into captivity. Then in 598, they came back again, and they took a guy named Ezekiel off and take him into captivity. They came back in 585 B.C., and they destroyed everything, destroyed the temple, and took the Jewish people off into captivity. From the time Daniel was a little boy, maybe 12, 13, 14 years old, he was in captivity in Babylon all the way through 70 years. So when we start reading this about Daniel this morning, he's got to be 85 years old or maybe even older. He spent his whole life in captivity. When he's about, let's just say he's 85, he reads Jeremiah, and he realizes in Jeremiah that God said, I will let my people go back to the land after 70 years. He realized it's right at 70 years. So he says, wow, God, it's time for us to go home. Now, he never gets to go home. He stays there. In fact, he's in the Babylonian Empire. The Medes and the Persians are going to come in. And when the Medes and Persians come in, Daniel is, is taken. He's got a position of authority there. So God always uses him in these governments. But so he decides to pray to God and say, Oh, Lord, thank you for the fact you're going to take us home. Please work it out as quickly as possible. And while he's praying, an angel comes to him. And the angel is Gabriel. Gabriel had already appeared to him earlier in his life. And so Gabriel comes and says, hey, I'm the same guy that you saw earlier. He goes, well, you look like him. But anyway, so he, he, he says it. And so he says, you've been praying. And he said, he said, this is Daniel 9, verse 20. I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin. And while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I'd seen in a vision earlier, came. And he gave me instructions. Now, let me tell you. I was wanna, want you to think through it. He said to Daniel... This is his bottom line. I'm going to give the nation of Israel a certain number of years to fulfill their responsibility. And here's what I'm going to do. From the, the going forth of a particular decree to build Jerusalem back until the Messiah will be a certain number of years. Then the Messiah will die. And then there'll be some more years. And then... 
I'm through with Israel as far as their responsibility. That's what he told Daniel. So here's what he said, and I'm going to put it in our term. He said, there's going to be a decree to restore and build Jerusalem from that time until the Messiah will be 483 years. Don't look at the calendar. Don't look at the dates. Don't try to figure it out right this second. Just listen to what I'm saying. 483 years from that decree. He said, when that decree goes, 483 years are going to pass. The Messiah will then be cut off. Daniel may not have understood exactly what that meant. We understand that means the Messiah is going to die. It actually says, be cut off and have nothing. And so we know from the decree to restore and build Jerusalem until Jesus the Messiah, 483 years. So Daniel's looking at this, and he says, from this decree to the Messiah, and he cuts off 483 years. He then says something about this army, these people, are going to destroy Jerusalem. What people destroyed Jerusalem, do you know? Anybody know? Rome, the Romans did it right after Jesus died and rose again in 33, 32, 33 A.D. and 70 A.D. The Romans came in and destroyed everything. Now, in Daniel's mind, right after the Messiah is cut off and Jerusalem is destroyed, then there's going to be seven more years, right then. And a, and a man's going to come to power and make a peace pact with Israel, and he'll do it for seven years. But right in the middle of the seven years, he's going to claim to be God. He calls it the abomination desolation, and then God's going to deal with the whole thing. So if you're Daniel, you say, 480 is going to be there. 483 years are going to pass. Messiah's going to die. Jerusalem's going to be destroyed. Somebody's going to come to power in those final seven years of the 490 will be a peace pack, a bad man, and the end. Now, what is it that Daniel didn't know about the church? So what's going to happen? 400, the, the decree is going to be given. 483 years are going to pass. Jesus the Messiah is going to die after he dies and rises again. What nobody knew, including Daniel or anybody else, God took the nation of Israel. He promised them how many years? How many? 490. How many have they used when Jesus dies? 483. How many they got left? Seven. He takes them and, in a sense, sets them aside. In the book of Romans, he says, be a, a hardening of their hearts has come upon the people. They rejected the Messiah. He set them aside and formed what we call the what? The church. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. The Holy Spirit comes down. The church forms. Daniel didn't know about the church. Nobody in the Old Testament knew about the church. It is a mystery. Paul writes in the book of Ephesians that it was a mystery. Nobody knew about it. So when the Messiah dies, then all of a sudden the church starts, right? What happens to Jerusalem? Huh? Does it get destroyed? It sure does. Now, why doesn't the seven years immediately begin? Hmm? Because of what? I can't hear you. Because, because the church is going on. Right? It's because it deals with Israel. And since God set Israel aside and he's dealing with the church, it's not the seven years. Okay, so here in history, Daniel says, we're supposed to go into the seven years. And God says, I didn't tell you about this. There's going to be a people group called the Jews and Gentiles together into one body called the 
church and I'm going to use them and I'm going to use them for a specific period of time. We could say, how long? What's the answer? He's not going to tell us. He's not going to tell us. He says, when the fullness of the Gentiles come in, that's the church, what's going to happen to the church? We're going to be raptured out. And when he takes us out, who's left? He's going to come back to the Jews and say, okay, come here, come here. Okay, now I gave you four, I gave you 490 and you used up how many? So now you've got how many years left? That is the tribulation. So when we read Daniel 9, 24 through 27 in just a minute, I want you to understand that he never saw us, okay? All right, so uh, I don't even know what the first slide do we have. Okay, yeah, there it is. Now, let's look at it. Uh, in Daniel 9, 24, look at Daniel 9, 24 in your Bibles. Look what it says. Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city. Okay, now here's how he breaks it up. And he doesn't say 483 years. He doesn't say 69 weeks. Now, let me remind you of something. Is there a, there's a slide before that one that shows about the... the uh, go to, can you go to the slide that has Shabua on it, the one that shows the, what the word seven? There it is. You remember what the word week means. What does it word, the word week mean? It's translated week. What does the word mean? It means seven, just like our word dozen means 12. So when he says 70 weeks are decreed upon your people, he's saying 70 sevens or 490. The only thing that fits is years. Now, if you can go back to the other slide that you had. Okay, so when he says seven weeks and 62 weeks and one week, we do not know why he didn't just say 69 weeks plus one week equals 70. He didn't say it that way. We're going to read it in just a minute. He says seven weeks and 62 weeks. We do not know why he broke it up that way. Now, seven weeks is how many years? How many? 49. 62 weeks is 434, and so that adds up to 483 plus seven years, because that's one week, adds up to be what? 490. Now, here's what Daniel did not see. The 49 plus the 334, which makes 483, he didn't know. There was a gap. We're the gap. We're going on. And when God is through with us, they've got seven years. So when we read Daniel, there is no gap in Daniel. He doesn't know about us. So when you get confused. Now, let me say the other thing. Because there are many of you are sitting there going, okay, now he told us last week the decree begins in what year? Does anybody know? On your chart, now I don't want you to look at it, the decree begins in the year 444 B.C. So you subtra- take 444 years plus 32 years. What does that add up to be? How much? So, okay, and that isn't 483, is it? So if you're watching, you'll say, now wait a minute. If the decree actually began in 444 B.C. and Jesus died around 32 A.D., that is not 483 years. That's only what? Around 470. Is something wrong? Did God mess up? Did God say, oh, gosh, I messed up on those years. I I, should have learned to count, right? No. Jewish years are 360 days. Our years are 365 point. Basically, two, five, and fourth. So they won't match. 
So on the back of your handout, I have the chart that actually shows the days. If you take the days from 444 B.C. until the time Jesus Christ died on the cross, it is exactly uh, 483 years Jewish calendar-wise. And I don't have it in front of me, but it's what is 177,000 177,880 days. That handout actually shows you counting leap years, counting, because remember, there is no zero year. It went from 1 B.C. to 1 A.D. There wasn't a zero year. There's no zero year. So you can't just try to figure it out. And if you take it by days, it adds up to be exactly 483 Jewish years. Okay, does this make sense? Okay, let me stop. Anybody got a question about anything we've talked about so far? Because don't say, I didn't understand. Wait a minute, this is the time. This is the time. Okay, let's see what we can do. Oh, yes, you do. Okay. How many years did he give them totally? How many years? 490. From the decree till the Messiah was how many? 483. Then the Messiah dies, and then they got how many left? Seven. What Daniel didn't see was the, the church of the gap. Now, he, instead of him saying, I'm giving you 483 years and the Messiah is going to die, he says, I'm going to give you so many weeks, and a week equals seven years. So he said it's going to be, yeah, he's going to say seven weeks and 62 weeks and one week. That's what he told him. And so that adds up to 70 weeks or 490 years. He still didn't see the gap. Why there's seven and 62, we do not know. Okay, so when you say, why did he say seven weeks plus 62 weeks, which is 69 weeks? Why didn't he just say 69 weeks or 483 years? I have no idea. He's got, this is the revelation to Daniel. Okay, are you ready? Let's see it. Let's see it work. Look at Daniel 9, verse 24. Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city, and he listed to do these six things. Finish the transgression, make an end of sin, make atonement for iniquity, build in, bring in everlasting righteousness, seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. By the way, none of that has come to pass yet. Not completely. It will not come to pass until they complete their what? To their what? When will it come to pass? When they complete their four hundred and... 90 years. Okay, get this. I'm giving you 490 years to do this. They've got how many so far? 483. And they hadn't done it yet. What was the key thing Israel did that stopped the whole program? Say it. Say it again. Exactly. They rejected the Messiah, and God set them apart, set them aside. Some people actually say, Because the nation of Israel rejected the Messiah, he is through with them, and we, the church, have become Israel. Is that right or wrong? That's wrong. That's wrong. Okay, so let's watch what happens. It's going to take a little bit to follow it. Verse 25. So you are to know and discern from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah. So from the start of the decree until the Messiah, the Messiah, the Prince, there will be how many weeks? Seven weeks plus, that makes how many weeks? How many? 69 or how many years? 
483. He says, until the Messiah, he said there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. They'll be built again with a plaza and a moat, even in time to stretch. What's going to be built again? Hmm? The temple in Jerusalem. Yeah, now he's, this prophecy is not for the temple and specifically, it's for what? The city Jerusalem. Now, historically, there's only been one decree you can find in Scripture where Israel, Jerusalem, was to be rebuilt. It's Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, and that is the decree to restore and build Jerusalem. Okay? All right? There it is right there. All right? And that is the decree, and it took place around 444 B.C. You start right there, and you begin to count. So what do we know so far? What does Daniel know so far? It will be how many years till the Messiah? 483. Think about it, right? If somebody would have been watching and really carefully understood the book of Daniel, could they have said, wait a minute, this is about time for the Messiah. Could they have said that? They could have. Look at verse 26. After the 62 weeks, which is, he doesn't go back and say 7 and 62. After the 62 weeks, which makes ultimately 69 weeks, the Messiah will be what? Cut off and have... Okay, this is the death of the Messiah. So, did the Messiah, Jesus Christ, die at the 483-year mark? He, he died almost the exact day. Okay? All right? The Messiah will be cut off. This is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now look what he says. This is one that's a little bit hard. The people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Who are the people that destroyed the city and the sanctuary? The Romans. Now, it says the prince who is to come. Who is he talking about? Say it. He is. And... And the Antichrist comes from what we call the revised Roman Empire. Because throughout history, when the Roman Empire collapsed, the Bible tells us one day there will be a ten-king federation coming out of that same place, and there will be a rising up, and three king, and there will be three kings, and then one king. And so there will be a revision of the, of the Roman Empire. Now, the Roman Empire just wasn't in Rome. It stretched over the whole known world at that time. It's going to happen again. Okay? Yes? The revised Roman Empire is going to be uh, what, what, what the Ro- I wish I had a map uh, th- to bring. I should have brought it. But there's a map that shows you where the Roman Empire stretched at the time of Jesus. Okay? And it was all of Europe, all of, uh, of the Asia Minor, all of uh, uh, what we would call Iran, Iraq, the old Babylon Empire, the, the Assyrian Empire. All of that was controlled by Rome. So the Roman Empire covered all of what was the known world. That's why they used to say all roads lead to where? to Rome. Okay, when this man comes, whoever he is, it says the people of the prince to come. That's why the empire that comes during the tribulation and this man of sin who comes to power, he's coming in what historians and theologians have always called the revised Roman Empire because he's going to come rule the same area that Rome ruled at the time of Christ. Now, he's called himself, he's called in the Bible the Assyrian. He's called the Antichrist. He's called the beast that rises up out of the sea. He's got all kind of names. 
Nobody knows exactly where he's going to come from. It doesn't mean he's going to come out of Rome. It means he's going to come out of somewhere out of the Roman Empire. And since he's called the Assyrian, many people think he's going to come from where Babylon was or our Nineveh was, which is around Baghdad. If you, Baghdad, if you go south of Baghdad, there's Babylon that, that uh, Saddam Hussein was trying to rebuild the city of Babylon because he thought he was Nebuchadnezzar. He said, I'm the new Nebuchadnezzar. That's what Saddam Hussein thought he was. Uh, we found him in a hole, right? He's not Nebuchadnezzar. He's not the new Nebuchadnezzar. But somebody from that part of the world is going to rise to power, okay? Huh? It, what doesn't? What do you mean? Right. And so that's why people say, where are we in the Ten King Federation? I've always said that unless we're still considered in the Bible's mind part of Great Britain that's moved on because that was under Roman Empire or just with the fact that there's so many Christians in America. I didn't say there were fired up Christians in America. I said there's so many Christians in America that when the rapture happens, we, we are nothing on the world scene anymore. And that's why I think that the Antichrist is going to come out of, if you just ask me, if I'm just guessing, I think out of the Babylonian, out of Iran, Iraq, that part of the world that is that part of the world today, which was the old Babylonian Empire, the old Assyrian Empire, and the old Roman Empire, I believe the world ruler is going to come out of that part of the world. So when you think it's Obama, I don't think so unless... Unless he wasn't born in Hawaii. I don't know. I don't know where he was born. Okay? People want to say him. Listen, throughout history, every time there's been an evil ruler, every time there's been an evil ruler, people thought he was the Antichrist. People thought Stalin was the Antichrist. People thought who? Hitler was the Antichrist. People, throughout history, because it's the revised Roman Empire, what have some people, who have some people claimed the, the Antichrist to be? Anybody know? The, the, well, the Pope. Because it comes out of Rome. That's what people say. Oh, it's going to come out of Rome, so it's going to have to be the Pope. See, so there are all kind of stuff throughout history that people have said that is not accurate. Okay? So the revised Roman Empire is the empire that's going to start with ten kings, go to three, go to one, and that one is going to come to power. He's called the prince of the people who are to come, and we call him the Antichrist. And he's going to rule the world, and he's going to make a peace pact with Israel. Notice, verse verse 26 again says, After the 62 weeks, which makes 69, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. He'll die. And the people of the prince who is to come, that's the Romans, they will destroy the city and the sanctuary, and its end will come with a flood. Even to the end there will be war, desolations are determined. What happened to Jerusalem when, in 70 A.D.? The Romans came in under, under a general called Titus, who later became the emperor. He came in, and he began to kill everybody he could, and he began to destroy the walls of the city, and he actually wasn't planning to destroy the temple, but some people began to destroy part of his, and he just let it go, and they destroyed the, the temple, and people, and people were killed and scattered. And Israel was not a nation beginning in A.D. 70 all the way till 1948. They were not a nation. They were a people group scattered. They were not a nation until 1948. That's why 1948 is a marker in history when the nation of Israel has come back together. Let me tell you why. If you're going to have a 
man of sin, a ruler, make a peace pact with the nation of Israel, there has to be what? The nation of Israel. And until 1948, there was no nation of Israel. So in most of our lifetimes, we'd say, well, I, you know, I, I, I don't remember a time when there wasn't a nation of Israel. Some people do. They say, oh, I remember when it happened. Now there is. And what do they want more than anything else in the world? What do they want? Hmm? They want peace. And they will make a peace pact with whoever this man is when the time comes. Okay, if I see it, now, here comes verse 27, and, and this, this is the key, look. And he, the he refers back to the prince who is to come, okay? That's the Antichrist. And he will make a covenant with the many for one week, the many of the nation of Israel. But in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to the sacrifices and grain offerings. And on the wings of abomination will come one who makes desolation. Now let's stop. The final week is seven years. Is that right? And he says in the middle of the week, he's going to stop what? The sacrifices. If he stops the sacrifices, that means Israel must have a what? A what? They have to have a temple. they have a temple now? No, they don't have a temple now. In fact, where the temple mount is, the Arabs control it. If you go, right now, we could go to Israel, and we could go to Jerusalem, and we could go into the holy city, and we could go into the temple mount, and because we're not Jewish, we, and we're, they want uh, tourists, they'd say, yeah, you can go up to the temple mount, and you can walk, but if you're Jewish, you can't go to the temple mount. It's controlled by the Arabs. And what's on top of the temple mount? The Dome of the Rock. That's, a, that's the second holiest Islamic mosque in the whole world. And it's on top of the Mount, it's on top of Mount Zion. And that's where they have it on. And so you and I, we can go to it. In fact, I've gone to the Dome of the Rock. You take your shoes off and you go in. Guess what's in the Dome of the Rock? A rock. Exactly right. That's all it is. It's the top of a mountain. And they believe that Muhammad ascended into heaven on a horse from the top of that mountain. And so they have a place to worship there. Now, in the future, this man is going to come to power. And he's going to go to Israel. And he's going to make a peace pact with them. And either right then or somehow before then, there is going to be the temple that the Jews have rebuilt. And they're going to be offering sacrifices again. Because in this scenario, halfway through the tribulation time period, what does he do? He goes into the, what? He goes where? He goes into the temple and puts his idol up and claims to be, Daniel writes it this way. He'll make a firm covenant with for one week. He'll, in the middle of the week, he'll put stop to the sacrifices and offerings. And on the wings of abomination will come one who makes desolate. Listen to this. I think I have the verses. I think the next slide. Then, the, Yeah, listen to this. You don't have to turn there. This is Matthew. They asked they ask Jesus. The disciples said, Jesus, what's it going to be like? When's it going to be like before you come? And here's what he tells them. He tells them there's going to be wars and all kind of things, and people are going to come in his name, but he's not the right one, and all these, they're not the right one, and there'll be false prophets. And then he says this. When you see... 
the abomination of desolation which was spoken through Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. Let the reader understand those who are in Judea must flee and get out. Halfway through the tribulation time period, this man goes into the temple in Jerusalem and puts his idol up. Jesus said it's called the abomination desolation. Daniel calls it the abomination, the desolation, because he's going to go into the temple, the holy place, and he's going to put his idol in the temple. And the Jewish people are going to run for their lives. Let me read something to you. Revelation chapter 13. I saw the dragon, and he stood on the sands of the seashore. Who is the dragon? The devil. And I saw the beast coming up out of the sea. Who is the beast? Who is he? Antichrist. Now listen to what it says about him. I saw the beast coming up out of the sea, and he had ten horns and seven heads, and on his horns were ten crowns, and on his head were these blasphemous names. What's the ten horns? Ten kingdoms, ten powers. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like those of a bear, and his mouth like those of a lion. And a dragon gave him the power and authority and his throne and great authority. I saw his heads as if it had been slain, one of his heads. His fatal wound was healed, and the whole earth was amazed at this beast and followed after him. And they worshipped the dragon because he gave authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who's like him? And it was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for Forty-two months. How long is forty-two months? Three and a half years. This is when he comes and puts his idol up in the temple. He opens his mouth in blasphemies against God to blaspheme in his name and his tabernacle, that is, those who dwell in heaven. That's him. And so in Daniel 9, 24 through 27... Daniel didn't know, I mean, all he could see was these things that were happening, that there's going to be this final seven years, and this man's going to come in, whoever he is, this prince of the people who are to come that's going to destroy Jerusalem, he's going to have an abomination, desolation. And it goes on to say, until a complete destruction, one that is decreed is poured out, the one who makes desolate. There's going to be destruction. Now, I want to show you something. Look at Second Thessalonians. I want you to turn there. And I hope we can get through this. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Look what he says. Let no one in any way deceive you, for that time will not come until the apostasy, the taken away first, and then the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. Who is the man of lawlessness? That's the Antichrist. Listen to what it says. Who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. That's Paul wrote to the Thessalonians and told them this. It's powerful. This is the great tribulation. Now, I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 19. And then we'll stop for a second for any kind of questions because we've got just a few minutes. Revelation 19. Now, as you're turning there, decree goes out to restore and build Jerusalem. At starting that decree is how many years for the nation of Israel? 490. They use up 483 when? When the Messiah dies. Then... The, the army of Rome comes in and destroys Jerusalem. There's a gap that nobody knew about. When, when we're taken out and the gap is over, 
is going to come back, and the people of that prince, which is the revised Roman Empire, is going to come. There'll be ten kings. There'll be three kings. There'll be one king. This one king will be controlled by, de by the devil. He makes a peace pact with Israel for how long? Seven years. Halfway through, what does he do? He puts his idol in the temple and goes and sits there demanding to be worshipped. Jewish people are running for their lives. Now, let me ask you a question. Do the Jewish people today believe in Jesus Christ as Messiah and Savior? We saw last week in Acts chapter 3, when Peter stood up to talk, he said, when you believe in the Messiah, you'll have your sins washed away and the times of refreshing will come. What was the times of refreshing? Do you remember? That's the kingdom. He offered to Israel... Peter offered to Israel that if they would believe in the Messiah, the kingdom would come. Did they believe in the Messiah as a people group? Do they believe in the Messiah as a people group today? No. When the tribulation begins, what happens to Israel? They begin to believe. 144,000 are raised up, 12,000 out of each of the 12 tribes. And within that seven-year time period, the people of God, the Jewish people, will turn and believe in the Messiah. And Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11 tell us that when they as a people believe in the Messiah and they call upon the name of the Lord, Jesus will come and save them. And not talking about eternal life salvation there. He's talking about a physical deliverance. What happens to the nation of Israel after the Antichrist comes to power? There's battles and wars. And they all come together in a place called Armageddon, Armageddo, to battle against God and Israel. And guess who comes? Revelation 19, verse 11. And I saw the heavens open and a white horse. And he who sat on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. His guys are aflame. He's got crowns on his head. His robe, his robe is dipped in blood. His name is the Word of God. The armies which are in heaven are coming. And with him, out of his mouth comes the sword. He's going to trod them down. He's going to rule with a rod of iron. And he is called the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And look at verse 20. And the beast was seized. And with him the false prophet who performed the signs of the presence by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were what? Thrown alive into the lake of fire which burns with brimstone. This Antichrist, this thing that Daniel talked about and knew about, it's going to end with the Messiah destroying the Antichrist and the false prophet and throwing them into the lake of fire. Okay, why is Daniel 9, 24 through 27 so important? It tells us a number of things. But one, it tells us the tribulation deals with what people? Israel. The church is never what? Mentioned, we're not there. It has nothing to do with us. The gap, they didn't even know about. So help me. How many years did God give to Israel? 490. It started in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, which is what year? 444 B.C. If you count Jewish years from 444 B.C. and you count 483 years, it comes directly to the time of what? That Jesus Christ dies for us. Instead of the seven years going on after that, Daniel was not told 
there's us. There's the gap. He sets aside Israel. He uses us. When he gets through with us and we're taken out, he comes back to Israel and he says to them, you need to believe in me. (laughs) And they begin to believe in him. And that final seven years is the 70th week of Daniel. Who does it deal with? Israel. It does not deal with us. Now, I've got another question. Is there something? These are the final seven years promised to the nation of Israel at the time of Daniel. Now, when we get raptured out and the seven years is going on on the earth, where are we? Hmm? We're in the heavenly places, right? Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and we get our bodies changed, and and people get raised up, and we're all with the Lord, right? What are we going to do? Will we be going, oh, I'm glad when this seven years is over so we can go on back. What will we? We will stand, and we're going to see this next time. We will stand before what is called the judgment seat of Christ. And it's a rewarding stand. And we will stand before our Savior to be rewarded for how we have lived for him on this earth. If you were to say right now, ooh, golly, I don't, I'm not quite ready for that. Oh, you better get ready. Okay? If you say to yourself, well, I didn't really have served him very much. You better get on the stick because you don't know when he's coming because he could come just like that. We'll be gone, and then you're going to be standing before him, and you're going, could I have some more time? He said, I don't think you want to be down there right now. Right? Right? So next time, we're going to talk about rewards and how it fits together. Actually, that's actually two times because what I want to do next time is I do want to take you through the end and put the whole thing together for you to see the the the, uh, the second coming, the kingdom part, and then the new heavens and new earth because people have questions about that. So next week it'll actually be that one and then, and then it'll be the reward one.